0: Welcome to Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a radio ministry of the Institute for Creation Research. In this program, we want to encourage you in your Christian faith by showing how scientific evidence supports the Bible, particularly the Genesis account. The book of Genesis lays the foundation for all matters addressed in the rest of the Bible. The nature of God, His sovereignty in creation, man's purpose, sin, marriage, family, and why we need a Savior are all introduced and explained in Genesis. When we see that the first and most foundational book of the Bible can be trusted in all matters, including science, it builds confidence in the rest of the inspired Word all the way to Revelation. On today's show, we'll hear from Dr. Jason Lyle, astrophysicist and director of
1: physical sciences with the Institute for Creation Research. Here's Dr. Lyle. Does Genesis really matter? Is Genesis just a myth made up by primitive people? Is it a poetic book, not meant to be taken literally? Is it just an allegory containing certain spiritual truths? Or is Genesis the true history of how God literally created the universe? And does this issue really matter? I suggest to you that Genesis really is literally true. And furthermore, every Christian should believe in a literal Genesis and be ready at all times to defend biblical creation when confronted by critics. And there are several reasons for this. First of all, Scripture. The Bible is primarily a history book. And it's not just any history book. The Bible claims to be God's Word and has demonstrated that claim in many ways. Some people might say, well, that reason doesn't apply to me. I'm not a Christian, and I don't believe the Bible. Well, first of all, you should. Even secular archaeologists look to the Bible when they want to know where to dig because it has demonstrated itself repeatedly to be true history. Many archaeological digs, as well as other historical documents, have confirmed the history recorded in the Bible. From the excavation of Jericho to the city of Ai, Archaeology continues to be a source of utter embarrassment to critics of Scripture. Many people become intimidated by claims from evolutionists and think that Genesis can't possibly be true history. Some well-meaning Christians have tried to reinterpret Genesis as a poetic metaphor for evolution. But Genesis is not written in the style of Hebrew poetry. Hebrew poetry is quite different from English poetry. We tend to focus more on rhyme and meter, but Hebrew poetry focuses on parallelism. This is where a single idea is expressed in two different ways back to back. For example, Psalm 19:1 states, "The heavens declare the glory of God; the skies proclaim the work of his hands." But does Genesis contain such parallelism? No. There is not a trace of poetic parallelism anywhere in the creation account. Furthermore, the grammatical style of Genesis is the same as other historical narrative sections of Scripture, such as Exodus. Genesis makes frequent use of the Vav consecutive. This is evident even in English translations of Scripture, where we find a series of sentences, each beginning with the word and or then, and this happened, and that happened, and so on. This is a dead giveaway that we are reading literal history, not poetry. Genesis even contains lists of seemingly unimportant details, like genealogical lists. And -and so-and-so begets so-and-so, and and he begets so-and-so. That would be a terrible poem. There is no doubt that Genesis teaches that God really did literally create the universe and everything within it in six literal days. That's not a problem for God. The second reason why we need to take Genesis as literal history and be ready to defend it is society. If you care about society, you must believe and defend the literal history of Genesis because the decline of society is linked with the increasing rejection of biblical authority beginning with Genesis. America has been blessed with a Christian heritage. As a result, it used to be the case that people embraced Christian morality. People understood that adultery is morally wrong, that marriage is one man and one woman united for life. That murder is wrong because people are made in God's image. But all these moral principles have their foundation in the literal history of Genesis. Think about it. Where does the idea that marriage is one man and one woman come from? It comes from Genesis. God created Adam and Eve. Apart from Genesis, marriage has no basis and can be redefined on the whim of any arbitrary opinion. Or why is human life so precious? It is because we are made in God's image, unlike mere animals. But if humans are merely chemical accidents, the result of billions of years of random mutations, how could they have any objective value? Why would murder be wrong if evolution were true? To the evolutionist, there is no fundamental difference between aborting babies and euthanizing cats. As our nation increasingly rejects the scriptural principles found in Genesis, its collapse into utter moral depravity is inevitable. Let's take a short break. Stay with us.
0: From sharks to butterflies, bats to orangutans, we can't help but marvel at the stunning and amusing creatures God has made. If you and your kids enjoy learning about animals, then you'll love our book Guide to Animals with its beautiful full-color images and fascinating facts. Published by the Institute for Creation Research, Guide to Animals provides answers to many popular questions about the animal kingdom. How do chameleons change colors? How do jellyfish live without a brain? And what happened to the dinosaurs and other extinct animals? Guide to Animals shows how everything that can slither, crawl, soar, or swim displays the handiwork of God. Order your copy of Guide to Animals from the Institute for Creation Research by calling 800-628-7640 or visiting icr.org. That's 800-628-7640 or visiting icr.org.
1: welcome back to science scripture and salvation here's dr lyle we've been discussing the importance of genesis and we've seen that if you care about society if you care about the scriptures you must believe in a literal genesis and be ready to defend that belief against the critics the third reason for this is science many people have the misguided impression that science somehow supports evolution By evolution, I refer to the idea that all organisms are biologically descended from a common ancestor over billions of years. Evolution supporters work very hard to make sure that children in public schools are taught that evolution is a scientific fact. They ensure that kids are taught only this belief to the exclusion of any other and are quick to shut down any discussion of creation. Yet science is not the friend of evolution. On the contrary, science confirms biblical creation. From genetics and geology to astronomy and physics, science confirms Genesis. Take genetics, for example. Genetics shows that organisms always reproduce after their kind, just as Genesis teaches and contrary to evolution. In the Darwinian view, single-celled organisms like bacteria eventually evolved into people. But people have much more information in their DNA, more instructions. We have information to produce eyes and hands, hearts and livers. Bacteria lack such instructions. So if single-celled organisms, like bacteria, eventually became people, then obviously they must have gained brand new genetic information in their DNA but scientific studies have shown that the information in an organism's DNA always comes from previous organisms and never generates spontaneously by mutations. Mutations do occur, of course, and they might even have survival value in certain instances. But mutations inevitably reduce genetic information, the opposite of evolution. Geology also confirms genesis. Geology is the study of rocks and minerals on the earth. Geologists have discovered continental-scale deposits of sedimentary rock layers. These are the kind of rock layers that are deposited by water. But they are found on land, in continent-covering mega sequences. exactly what a global flood would produce. We find fossils of marine organisms on continents. We find fossils of water-dwelling creatures mixed with land-dwelling creatures. A global flood, like the kind described in Genesis 6, makes sense of the scientific data. Even physics confirms the literal timescale of creation. One aspect of physics involves radioactive decay. Certain types of atoms are unstable, meaning they spontaneously change or decay into other types of atoms. Carbon-14, or C-14, is one example. Most carbon is C-12, which is stable, but a small percentage of carbon is C-14, which is constantly decaying into nitrogen. We can measure the rate of change today and mathematically compute that C14 takes a few thousand years to decay completely into nitrogen. This is very interesting because we find C14 in many fossils. Now, evolutionists believe these fossils are millions, sometimes hundreds of millions of years old. But C14 cannot last millions of years. So when we find it in fossils, it confirms that these organisms were killed and buried a few thousand years ago. This matches the biblical timescale for the global flood, but it strongly opposes the idea that organisms evolved over billions of years. Similar kinds of processes are found throughout the solar system. Jupiter, for example, gives off more than twice as much heat energy as it receives from the sun. So it is constantly losing energy. Jupiter is an enormous planet and has stored enough energy to last for many thousands of years But if it were 4.5 billion years old, as secularists believe, then why has it not lost all of its heat by now? It doesn't make any sense in the secular view, but the evidence fits very nicely with biblical creation. The fourth reason is our sons and daughters. You see, many Christians live inconsistently. On the one hand, they profess to believe the Bible, but on the other hand, they don't really believe Genesis. On the one hand, they claim that Jesus is the perfect son of God, On the other hand, they don't accept what he says about the history of Genesis. Now, many Christians can live with that type of intellectual schizophrenia, but can their friends? Can their children? Many polls have shown that students are leaving the church in droves. Once they leave home, students who were raised in church will likely turn their back on the church. Why? Well, scientific surveys were conducted to find the answer. Do you know what they found? The number one reason why the students themselves said they left the church was hypocrisy. They saw the inconsistency in their parents and pastors and felt that this discredited Christianity. Adults can often live with inconsistency, trusting in Jesus for salvation, yet rejecting what God says about creation. Children see that as hypocritical and eventually walk away. Specifically, many students in the survey brought up Genesis. They heard their teachers say that the Bible is true and to be obeyed, but those same leaders apparently didn't really believe in Genesis. In John 3:12, Jesus addressed this type of hypocrisy. He said, "If I've told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you of heavenly things?" The Bible addresses earthly things like creation and the flood, and it addresses heavenly matters like salvation. But if God didn't get the details right in Genesis, How can we trust that he got the details right on how to inherit eternal life?
0: Thank you for joining us on Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a radio ministry of the Institute for Creation Research. That's all the time we have for our program today, but we would love to connect with you through our website at icr.org. For over 45 years, ICR has equipped believers with evidence of the Bible's accuracy and authority by showing how science supports the Genesis creation account. Our scientists researched the evidence for creation and communicate their findings through books, articles, DVD series, and conferences. Please visit our website at icr.org for more information about the latest scientific discoveries, to subscribe to our free magazine and devotional, and to locate our next creation conference at a venue near you. All of this and more at icr.org. If you've enjoyed this podcast, subscribe to Science, Scripture, and Salvation on iTunes. Also, do us a favor and rate and review the show so that more listeners can find us. Thanks for listening, and God bless.